Good morning. How is everyone? Yeah? My, my name is Bernie, if you don't know who I am. And uh, uh, that information and $3.05 will get you a gallon of gas at most of your gas stations around here. Um, we're going to be looking at living like Jesus for the next four weeks. I, I don't know about you, but, but, but you know, that isn't always easy for me. Is it, is it easy for you? Um, I'm going to ask my bass player to come up here for a moment. I know he has no idea what I'm going to do. But I was looking at different people I could use. Could you just stand and face that way? Just okay. For the dumbest person in the congregation. Okay. All right. How many of you see me? Now there's a point to this. Okay. Now you can sit down. I'm there, starting to have fun now. Yeah, I know. I I hope that you want your life to show Jesus like I. See, when I was behind him, the only thing that you could really see was him. I want Jesus that way in my life. Don't you? (coughs) So when the others see you, they see Jesus. Here's the problem. I have this thing called a fleshly spirit, a soul, that doesn't always cooperate. Before I go there, just let me say, for those of you that have been praying for me, uh, thank you. Um, I had open heart surgery 13 weeks ago. And um, so I am now a proud member of the Zipper Club. (laughs) So I had that, and I had one across the top, too. I had an aneurysm on my aorta, and they found it through a CT scan. Um, because I was having breathing problems because of asthma. And so they found that and they said, oh, you have a problem. We need to fix this right away. So anyway, so I was operated on a Friday morning and Tuesday morning I was home. So good to go. Now, <clears throat> living like Jesus. Let me tell you about something that happened to me last uh, Sunday. Last, last Sunday was Mother's Day. But more importantly, it was my birthday. Woo-hoo, that's right, just saying, you know. And I'm in a store on Sunday, and you know Mother's Day and stores are busy. And I'm in the checkout line, and the checkout line was a single line, and then it split into two lines as you got closer And I felt someone crowding me behind me. And the person said, what line are you in? And I said, I'm in this line. And we don't make a decision until we get up there. But if you're in a hurry, you can go ahead of me. You ever say something and as soon as you say it, you go, that was not the thing to say. (laughs) I was, you see, I was not living like Jesus. We got out to the car and I said to my wife, I said, was that rude? And she goes, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. I hope you're not here. 
the question that I that I wonder and I think about is is what am I going to leave behind? What 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 my life? What when I go? What am I going to leave behind? When I left that store, I left behind something with that person. Is that what I want to leave behind? When I deal with, I was talking to someone after the first service, you know, and they were, they were talking about being the, in a line at a light and the light turns green and they're waiting and waiting. And they're like, come on, okay, it's green, let's go. How many have been there? I mean, if you drive, you know what that's like, right? I mean, the person is texting or something, they're not paying attention, and you want to just go up and slap them. How does how's that work for us, though? It doesn't, right? Because... Because as soon as I do that, then I step out from behind Jesus and I get in front of Jesus and now they never see Jesus because all they do is see me. And so, and so part, of, part of what, um, I, I think the answer in here, the answer to that question will be determine how we live today. Well, how I, what I leave behind is, is going to relate to how I live today and all of the todays of our lives. It's everything. <coughs> and I can tell you that uh, I'm not always good at living like Jesus. I, I have been married for 54 years, and all of those have been blissfully wonderful for my wife. <laughs> there have been some moments, obviously, but, but you know, I mean, uh, that's not true, is it? Believe it or not, I, I, I can act like an idiot like a jerk. Not that my wife tells me, but I realize it because the Holy Spirit tells me that. And sometimes the Lord talks to me in that manner. You're a fool, Bernie. But here's what Peter says in 1 Peter 1, 15 through 16. But now you must be holy in most of the things you do. What, what's What's that? Everything. Are you kidding me? Everything? Be holy as in everything? Everything? What is everything? All inclusive. What, what is it? Everything, right. That's right. Everything we do. <coughs> you must be holy, God says, because I am holy. I, I guess the question, how are you doing in that area? How are you doing in that area? Do you know the reason I came to Jesus to begin with? Because I was at a, at a, at a uh, monastery, actually, and, and the, the priest that was leading this retreat was talking about living for Jesus. And I got, left the meeting and I walked out into the grounds that I was on, and I said, and I'm praying. I, I'm praying, praying in the sense that I'm having a conversation with God. I said, God, I have tried to live for you. I'm a failure. And you know what God said? No duh. That's how He asked to talk to me. I guess He's no duh. If you could have done it, Jesus wouldn't have had to have died. You need to do, allow Him to do in and through you what you cannot do. 
And that meant surrender. And so that started the process of living for Jesus. But the problem is, is that I, as well as all of us, in everything is not always happening, is it? We have those incidences in stores or in the line at the light or wherever. There's a gas station. I don't know. By the way, does anyone have problem with squirrels in their heads? Am I the only one? Because I get squirrels running through my head all the time. All right, I won't even tell you about my squirrel then. So I guess the question becomes, what does it look like to practice holiness? What does it look like to practice godliness? What does it look like to live like Jesus? Well, I love this Romans 12, 1 and 2. King James says it this way, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And this is your reasonable service. The writer here is saying that let your bodies be a living and holy sacrifice. I like to sacrifice myself at the table with steak and baked potato and all that stuff. Everybody with me? Yeah, it sounds like a good thing, doesn't it? You see, one of the things that I realize is that, is that in some ways I'm very much like Jesus. I, I was born. Jesus was born. Now, Jesus died, and I'm going to die, so in that way, I'm going to be much like Jesus, but it's in the in-between part that I'm having the problem with. Jesus went to the cross in honor and in obedience to his Father. I don't like the cross. No. And the cross can be that person who is annoying me because they've got 20 items in the 10-item or less checkout line. Or how about this? The person... I use the self-checkout. You know, I've got a couple things I go to the self-checkout. I've had people with two shopping cart loads going through the self-checkout section. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. There's got to be a law against this. I am in a hurry. Well... The writer goes on and says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transfer you into a new person by changing the way you think. I didn't know there was anything wrong with how I thought. Shh, don't tell anyone that. She just told me I'm not perfect. Can you believe that? I'm not perfect. No, I'm not. I'm not perfect. Trust me, I'm not perfect. Uh, my friend uh, manages a Dairy Queen. I love their blizzards. And I haven't eat, I don't eat Dairy Queen. And in the last two weeks, I've had three. My wife doesn't know that. 
I know, I had one with you, but I've had two others. <laughs> Might have been three others. It's changing the way I think. I'm, 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 I'm doomed. But my point is, is that changing the way we think, you know, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that we can change what we think. And that doesn't come easily. That comes with a process. Do you know that babies are born with a selfish nature? I want to eat. I want changed. I don't want to do that. We just had uh, two of our great-grandchildren stay at the house on Friday night, an eight-year-old and a four-year-old. I should have put his picture up there. He was so cute. I took him to McDonald's and he had a cone. And he didn't eat fast enough, so it dripped. Doesn't he know that you have to lick it around the sides? So that became my job in the eating of the cone. He would hand it to me and I'd lick the sides and give it back to him and then he would continue on. I'm trying to transform the way he thinks and it wasn't working. He was transforming me. So, so, so the question is, so when we do that, I, I, I like this. This is the Message Bible. And the Message Bible says the, in chapters 12, verses 1 and 2, so here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Take your everyday life, everything that you do. What is everything you do? Well, part of everything you do is you go to Walmart. Or you go to ShopRite, or, or now ShopRite was in New York. You know how many ShopRites around here, do you? Never heard of them, have you? Uh, what's that? Shop, shop and save, okay. Wherever you're going, your ordinary, everyday life, take it and use it as an offering. What does that mean? That means when you go into one of these places, understand that you may be there for a different reason other than what you think you're going there for. Start living your life as an offering and not be just about you. Now, how do I mean that? There's a lot of different ways that I can use this. One of the things that I've realized since I had open heart surgery, I have joined, by the way, I joined a, a, a Facebook page called the Zipper Club. I've even thought about getting a tattoo of a zipper. I don't think I'm going to do that, but I've thought about it, okay? Now, one of the things that that's done, having hope and heart surgery has done, is it's given me a picture or a window into the lives of other people that I would never have known or understood some of their struggles. And so I look at the event as an opportunity to be Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean that I, I, with every post, put Jesus loves you and died for you and you need to commit and repent and all that stuff. But it gives me the opportunity to talk to people. Something I mentioned in the other service, and I thought it was interesting, I, I'm a Vietnam veteran. Now, I don't typically share that. I, I don't share it because I just don't share it. I don't like being, I don't like Veterans Day. I don't like being acknowledged. I don't like any of that stuff. I don't join groups. Um, I, several years ago, I, I rode 
my motorcycle along with thousands, 8,000 other motorcyclists to the wall, Vietnam Memorial Wall. And I was like, that was the dumbest thing I ever did because I just, it's just not really good for my spirit inside. I mean, it probably is good, but I just don't like going there, you know. And, and so I was sharing how um, my neighbor, we moved. We moved. The last time I was here, I was, lived at Treasure Lake. I just moved, or we moved in December to Penfield. My neighbor is a retired Marine. Six foot five, big strapping Marine. And he kept talking to me about the MVO. I got to go do the MVO. I got to do that. And I'm like, it must be a military thing. I don't know. <clears throat> well, then he said to me, he said, you ought to join. I said, join what? The MVO. And, and I actually didn't know if it was MVO or MJO. I, I mean, I was clueless. <clears throat> it turns out it's the military veterans outdoors. And he called me or sent me a text message. He said, Bernie, they are meeting this particular night in Sykesville. Take your DD-214 and go down and you can join tonight. (laughs) And I'm I'm thinking, okay. And I'm like, why do I even want to do this? So I go down and I join. And the first thing the guy asked me, he said, what do you do? I said, I'm retired. He said, no, but what do you do? I said, I'm a state police chaplain. I do other chaplaincy work. He said, great. Will you be our chaplain? (laughs) I learned in the Navy, don't volunteer for nothing. (laughs) So as I'm sharing this in the morning service, there's a couple people sitting here going like this. It turns out he is, the guy is the, Secretary of the MVO. I didn't recognize him without his scrubs on. And so they're a part of the MVO. Someone else came up to me after the service and said, I'm glad you shared what you felt about sharing about the service because I have always felt bad that I don't want to share any of that. I'm glad to hear someone else say that. What's my point? My point is, is that God was using that unbeknownst to me in the lives of someone else and bringing perhaps a starting of some healing. You see, the reality is, is that God wants to take your everyday life, your ordinary life, and use it as an offering for other things. So since we moved, I, and because of surgery, I bought a four-wheeler. Guys, you can't use that as an excuse. (laughs) But this one had a plow on it, and because of the surgery, I shouldn't be out shoveling, and the snowblower was a little bit cumbersome, and so my wife said, why don't we get a a four-wheeler with a plow? And I thought someone kidnapped her and replaced her with a double. (laughs) And so we did, and she didn't even ask for that money after we, you know, she reminded me of that the other day, but... You know, that because of that is part of what got me going with my neighbor because he's got a one of these bigger units and he said we can go out on the MVO and the lands it's seven hundred acres and we can ride out there. It's relationships. It's relationships. 
I just purchased, I, I sold my big Suzuki scooter. It was a 650 Berkman, almost eight foot long. I just sold it last week. And I bought a dual sport, off-road, on-road. And I got to meet my neighbor at the end of the street who has one. And, and he's going, let's go ride together. Well, what am I doing? What I'm doing is exactly what this verse is talking about, is taking your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, riding a motorcycle, fishing, doing whatever you do as an offering. Why? Because people need to connect with you. So, the other, the other part of this This is, again, the message. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. So yesterday, myself and my son-in-law and his son, who's 26, we went to Marionville because at Marionville yesterday and today is the Tour de Forest. The Tour de Forest is an opening of the ATV trails in the Allegheny National Forest and a lot of other trails that are not normally open to ATVs. And there were over a thousand up there. How many of you ride ATVs? A couple of you. Do you know that God wants to use your ATV for Him and His ministries? Have you ever thought about it that way? How many of you fish? Yeah. Do you know that God wants to use your fishing in the lives of other people? It is about taking your everyday, ordinary life and using it for the glory of God. And that's what the writer is. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without realizing, and this isn't in that, but without realizing that God has a plan in that, in that hobby that you have for his glory, for his purpose, for his honor. Everything, everything you do has a purpose. I was thinking as you were playing the guitar before, one of the things I used to do is in motorcycling was, was I would hit, do all the BMW um, rally events, and I would carry my backpacker guitar. And I would sit there, and I was listening to Upstrum before, and I loved that, doing that. And I would sit in a campground and just start playing, just chords, just doing uh, uh, choruses. And the next thing I know, I'd have 15 or 20 guys coming around and sitting and listening. What are you playing? Oh, it's it's a praise song. What's a praise song? Do you understand what I, do you get what I'm saying? Is that God has you here for what purpose? So that you can take everything that you have and go out there and live it and be Jesus in someone's life. Because otherwise they won't meet Jesus. When God said that we are to go into all the world, he meant Kermansville, Clearfield, Mahaffey, Grampian. It's all the world. I'm trying to think of some of the names of the, of the, of the smaller towns around. Hyde! Do you live in Hyde? <laughs> 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 I 
Do you understand what I'm saying? Take what you have and take it out there. Fix your attention on God and you'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognizing what he wants you to do or what he wants from you. And that's the key. What does he want from us? We go into the supermarket and we go in there to get bread and whatever we're going to get. We don't realize that he sent us in there. We thought it was our idea. But maybe he's got something else in there for you. Maybe he's got a clerk that needs you. I've had experience after experience after experience where God has used something while I'm in a place. I've even had it at gas pumps where I get talking to the guy across, the person across the other end of the pump. Now I know, ladies, if some guy like me started talking to you, you'd go, "Uh uh-oh. I'm safe. Really, I am. You know. But, look, here's the deal. The culture around you always drags you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. And basically what I'm saying is, is that we need to learn how to seek God in all of these situations. It was funny, when I talked to the guy down the street the other day about, about dual sport riding, he, as I left, he said, wait a minute, wait a minute, come back here. And I came back, and he said, the guy, he mentioned the guy's name, but he said, the guy over across the street, he rides too. Maybe we can get him to go with us. And I said, you know, one of the places I want to go is down to Corporation Dam. Anybody know where Corporation Dam is? Now you are fishermen. Corporation Dam is, is up in Quihanna, off the Caledonia Pike, down the hill. It's a great place to fish and camp. And the guy was, the guy, I shared that with a guy, and he said, oh, that would be great. We could make a day of it. <laughs> what does that mean? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And I don't have to do much. I just have to let Jesus do it. See, when I do it, then I say things to the, I said to that lady in the store. Because Jesus wasn't running that one. I was running that show. <coughs> so, <clears throat> so the question is, how well I do those things is going to determine what I leave behind. How well I treat other people, when I leave, I will leave an impact. You will leave an impact. What kind of an impact do you want to leave behind? What, in, if you think about it as a fragrance, what kind of a fragrance do you want to leave behind? <laughs> do you want to smell like socks? Or do you want to smell like a beautiful fragrance of a rose? Well, how you behave, how you live, will determine that. Remember, and this is again, so here's what I want you to do. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Everything you do. 
your profession, your teacher, your, your laborer, your uh, engineer, whatever you do, make it work for God. I'm, I, I'm sorry, I just had a squirrel go through my head. It was entertaining me, and I was enjoying the thought, okay? <laughs> but I was, I was thinking about someone that I have, uh, uh, someone that I've dealt with, and, and, uh, and he's been, he's, he's, just, he's, he's just a world guy, okay? And he works in, in a world of men. And so you can imagine what they talk about. And he's been to church a lot, he comes to church. And I know his friends go, he what? He comes to church. I even did his wedding. He goes? Yeah, he goes. Well, why does he go? Because I invited him. And why did, why did he go with me? Because he likes me. Because we have a good relationship. Because it's about life. Sherry doing life together. It's about taking everyday ordinary life and making it an offering. That's all. It's simple. It doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of work. Look, it's about how you live today, where you go out to eat. It's where you go to work. It's, it's when you, whether you're sh- shopping or camping. I put camping in there because next week I'll be camping just up the road. Y- you know, we live in a society, unfortunately, that, that has um, fragmented us because what it used to be community took care of community. Friends and family and community took care of each other. Now you don't even know the people living next door to you or across the street from you. You go camping and you don't talk to the people next door to you. I do. I talk to everybody. You know, my kids will say, where's dad? Oh, he's still talking. I meet all kinds of people. Why? Because I don't know. It's the way I'm wired, but I really am an introvert by nature, so it's not how I'm wired. It's just how I know that God has asked me to do that. And I'm always looking, Lord, if there's an opening, show it to me. If there isn't, shut my mouth so I can move on. So do this. It's what you say and don't say. It's your attitude and mannerisms. It's all of that. All of that stuff is always working, always working. It's about everything you do from the time the sun gets up to the time it sets. I got up at 4 o'clock this morning, and guess what I got at 4 o'clock this morning? A text message from your pastor, Steve. (laughs) Yes. And you know what it told me? (laughs) It told me what Jim Bell's telephone number was. (laughs) I'm real happy now I got that information, but no baby. No baby. And I sent a message right back, a thumb up, right? Right back. And I get this message. I'm sorry, I'm not taking any messages at all right now. Look, I can't emphasize this enough. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, a place where God... As an offering, everything you do, everything you do, everything you do, everything you do. Why? Because God wants to use it. I mean, I have to, you know, 
When I lived at the lake, I did the things of the lake. I sailed, I canoed, I kayaked, I fished. I don't live at the lake. Now I do what people where I live now do. I've got a four-wheeler, I've got a dirt bike, and I go out and do the things they do. Why? Because I want to be all things to all men, and this is what I need to do here. I'm looking for ways to join in with people that live there, that are part of that place. Why? Because that's what God... I used to have a thing that said, bloom where you're planted. How can I bloom where I'm planted if I'm a sailboat person all the time? Because there's no water. I got to go someplace else to go sail. And those people I'm not going to know. I mean, yeah, I can join a group and I have joined groups. So here's the question as we start to wrap this up. On a scale of one to, one to ten, how are you doing? I don't mean life, but just being like Jesus, living like Jesus. How are you doing on a scale of one to ten? Ten meaning I am there, one meaning huh, ugh, I'm starting out. I want you to take that number and I want you to think about that number because that number is extremely important. Because here's the deal, here's the next question, is, is, is what's one thing you could be doing differently to improve that score? You see, if you're a three right now, or a four, or a five, what is one thing you could be doing that might help you move past that place? And I don't care whether it's this or anything in your life. If, if I say to my wife, honey, on a scale of one to ten, don't tell me. She knows where I'm going with this, because she never gives me a ten. But if I said to her, on a scale of one to ten, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, how are we doing in my marriage? How am I doing with us? You know what she'll tell me? I don't want to know. But let's say she said I'm a five. One of the things I've learned to ask, because I have to do this often, is if, okay, if I'm a five now, what will I need to do to get it to a six? I do that with God. I have areas that I struggle in. Yesterday we're riding, by the way, we did 54 miles yesterday in the woods in the rain. Ugh. But, but anyway, so we did this ATV ride yesterday. Now, I've had open heart surgery 13 weeks ago. I, I do have some discomfort. I have more discomfort from the incision here. I'm on a four-wheeler. What am I doing? Right? My son-in-law, every time we stopped, because it was like a poker run, if you know what they are, you get draw a card, you get it punched out and all that on a ticket. And my son-in-law would say, how you doing, Dad? I said, good, why? I'll just ask him. About the third time we stopped and he asked that question, I said, what do you keep asking me that for? He says, because your daughter's worried about you. And I'm supposed to take care of you. Now, I had good enough sense to, I, I rode... Of the 54 miles, I rode 35 of that, and my son-in-law rode my four-wheeler some, and my grandson rode it some, and I rode in there side-by-side, partly because I was cold and I was wet, and I'm using good smarts. My daughter doesn't know I have smarts. (laughs) Anyone else have children like that? (laughs) You don't have to show me, but... So... That scale of what, what can I do to change that number 
And I've done that sort of with my children, particularly after I've had surgery. For you to know that I am taking care of myself, what could I be doing that would help you know that? Trust God? Call me once in a while to make sure. Don't tell me, you know, there are some things, I, Dad, I don't want to know. Like you're doing jumps. Don't tell me that. Okay? But on your scale, 1 to 10, what's one thing you could be doing differently to improve the scale? And here's the most important part. When are you going to start? When are you going to start? Here's the reason I ask that. A goal without a plan is just a dream. If you plan for nothing, you will hit nothing. If you aim at nothing, you will also get nothing. Hit nothing. And the, and, and the reality is, if we are going to start to live more like Jesus, whatever that takes in your life is different than it will take in my wife's life or in someone else's life. What is for you, that's what you need to work on. You see, God called us to be what? Holy. What does holiness look like? Holiness does not mean, well, I don't smoke, drink, do drugs, and don't go with girls that do. My question and my prayer is, Lord, what must I do today? Not tomorrow. Not next week. What must I do today in this moment? to be in the place that you have called me to be today. That's the prayer. And when tomorrow gets here, it's the same prayer. Lord, what must I do today? And so that could be the thing I need to change. I need to change my prayer. Does that make sense? So next week we're going to look at a little bit more of that kind of stuff. You know the verses like, be patient? That's a good one, right? Be patient. I'm not patient. I'm not patient. I call people old. (laughs) I'm the guy that's got 14 great-grandchildren. And I'm going, come on there, Gramps, let's get moving. I don't have patience. Father, as we close this time, you and you alone have the answer to life. You have called us to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Help us to know what needs to be renewed so that we might be exactly where we need to be today to accomplish your plan for today. Help us, Father, to do this in a manner that brings glory to you and your son, Jesus. In his name I pray. Amen.